Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by 3M, PPG, and Breakthrough Academy. All right, on this special live episode at PCA Expo 2023, we are hosting Jason Phillips. This is episode four of Jason's series, People Make Dream Businesses. In the first episode, Jason discussed key one to escaping contractor prison. In episode two, he discussed key two to escaping contractor prison, building a highly effective team. In episode three, Jason discussed key three to escaping contractor prison, creating and implementing efficient systems. In this episode, episode four, Jason will be discussing uh, your painting company's needs to market itself for long-term and big-time growth, which Jason knows quite a bit about. In episode five, the next episode, Jason will elaborate on the DISC personality assessment and how to use it to ensure you have the right people in the right seats. And in the final episode of this series, episode six, Jason will take a deep dive into motivators, how to get everyone excited and motivated to help your painting company grow and succeed. Again, if you want to ask Jason questions related to anything in this podcast series, you can do so on our exclusive Painter Marketing Mastermind podcast forum on Facebook. Just search for Painter Marketing Mastermind podcast forum on Facebook and request to join the group or type in the URL facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Painter Marketing Mastermind. Again, the URL is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Painter Marketing Mastermind. There you can ask Jason questions directly by tagging him with your question. Jason, I love the in-person podcast episodes we do, man. Me as well. Yeah. Partially because you don't have your awesome studio. It levels the playing field, right? We have the same studio now. <laughs> you know, uh, you are awesome, man. <laughs> I tell you, by the way, what an amazing uh, session your, your talk was. I appreciate talk, that, man. It's not, it wasn't a talk. It wasn't a talk. It was an we educational talk. seminar yeah. that you gave. I appreciate uh, that. Was you, man. wonderful, and I want to thank you on behalf of all the painters out there. Man, that's so nice. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, I went to your talk today, and you had me uh, well, just about crying. So I had to leave. Had to leave. Thankfully, the uh, the trade show was occurring within fifteen minutes. Um, but your talk was unbelievable. So thank appreciate you. that. Thank you. I was honored to have you there. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, so we are talking about marketing. You are a a sales and marketing guru. You enjoy that stuff. You you really uh, invested heavily into learning how to do it, um, excelling at it. I want to to really dive into how you've marketed Phillips Home Improvements and to to see the growth that you've seen. Well, you know, it's uh, marketing. The has is always evolving. The maybe the 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 methods or the media is evolving, but the concepts are the same. The concepts are still the same. And, uh, the, you know, there's some, there's a lot of different marketing frameworks, if you will. And, uh, uh, those, those really don't change, you know? So back in the day when I really didn't have any, when I didn't have any money, uh, all my marketing was my own efforts and, uh, those efforts still work. And in today's world, it's, uh, it's, it's, as you even spoke to, you know, pay-per-click, Cost is going through the roof. Yeah. It's not scaling with, with inflation, right? And and I and I bet I bet closing rates aren't scaling with it either. So so what happens is when things get tight, 
and if people are low on leads, the first thing they turn to is, is turning their credit card over to Google mm -hmm. or to Facebook. Right. And, uh, that the, the, the real work of marketing, I don't want to say the real work, but, but you can either harvest leads or you can go make plant seeds and, and grow those. And for instance, nobody likes to do canvassing. I've met a few people who like canvassing and that's the way I started my company was canvassing yeah. was literally knocking on doors. And, uh, was it fun? No, I, I didn't like it. Was it effective? Yes. How about this? Every single, every, I knocked on my first day in business. I knocked on four, like, well, not 400, like almost 300 doors. Wow. And, and, and uh, I made four appointments. I ended up selling all four of those appointments, three of them that evening and one on Monday and not a single one of them were talking to another painter. Wow. Those were like exclusive leads, right? That was some pretty good ROI right there. Yeah. People don't like to do that because they, well, you know, no, they don't like people knocking on your doors anymore. Nobody likes, nobody likes to have people knocking on their doors anymore. Okay. Nobody really likes telemarketing either. Why do people do it? Why would people do telemarketing? Yeah. Because it works. If you hit them at the moment of need, you know, people are, people live busy lives. And I'll, I'll tell you a quick little story. Uh, a number of years ago, I wanted a, uh, a pool cover. I wanted a pool cover to uh, keep the leaves out of my pool in the fall because it is terrible. If you got a pool and, and you got a bunch of trees around your pool and leaves all fall off in like two days and yeah. fall and boom, and, and, and you're in, you're in homeowner hell for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I wanted one of those, you know, nets, those covers to keep the, to keep the leaves out. Well, well, I called and got a couple quotes. Okay. And this is actually a, this is a sales follow-up story, but it, but it relates to marketing. And I got three quotes on these. Not a single person followed up with me. I was ready to buy, but I had other things on my mind. And I kept thinking, I'm going to get around to it. I'm going to get around to it. Oh, Saturday. I need to, I need to call these people, follow up with these people on Saturday. Saturday comes, kids have games, recitals, whatever, birthdays. And it, it literally was a whole year. <laughs> okay. People live busy lives. Okay. And how many people, how many homeowners have a need, but they're not actually actively seeking. Yeah. And, and you can interrupt them. We can interrupt them with a door knock. You can interrupt them with, with a phone call. There's all kinds of ways you can interrupt them. Gosh, there's people that set up booths at, at restaurants and they, they get all their leads by just setting up a booth outside the restaurant and entertaining the kids while the parents are, are waiting in line for hours. Yeah. To, you know, a lot of restaurants, I hate waiting in line for restaurants, but, but, you know, if, if you want to go to a good restaurant and you're in a busy area, you might have to wait in line for an hour. Yeah. And so they've got booths and, and the, the way, the various ways that people market in effectively. So it's one thing to be a marketer. In my mind, a marketer goes and makes leads, finds a need and, and exposes that, that need to the, uh, to the homeowner, to the prospect. And, and then, uh, now your sales team can take it further. So yeah. anyways, when you were, and you might not remember, it sounds like the story is a while ago, but when you were shopping for that pool cover, do you remember how you called those three companies? Did you find them online? Do you remember what, what your process was to actually find them to request the quote? All three of the ones I got, I got offline. Offline through, through print media print. Okay. So it applies, right? So this is still print media. Oh, no, but, but or if you've gotten it print online. Print media is dead. 
No, no, print media is dead. Oh, so you can't use it anymore. Nope. Yeah. No, it's dead. Online, offline. So they might have been doing it or another company might have been doing it, right? So they, they paid though. They paid to get you as a lead because they gave you print media. You called them, but you were a bad lead. You're a bum lead. You're what we hear, man, that, that lead was no good. You were ready to buy. Nobody followed up with you. All they had to do is pick up the phone. You'd have bought from them. That's Instead, right. and you went another year, the lease fell in your pool. You had to deal with it. There was a pain point that didn't get solved because you just didn't get around to it, but you were a bum lead. I think right there, it's just unbelievable. Like coming at it from the perspective of the lead. That's what happens. Absolutely. Yeah, it's insane. That's right. You know, we, we it's leads. I, I, look, I look at it like we're going to go, we're going to go to the ocean and we're going to dip a bucket in the ocean and we're going to try to go carry it to a hole and make a lake. And there's, there's all of these holes in the bucket. And all those drops of water that, that leak out of that bucket, those are the leads that leak out from, from, you know, from the front end to the back end of your company. You know, we talk about lead generation and, you know, honestly, not honestly, but just frankly, the best leads that my company has are the leads that we already have. Yeah. Period. If I look at the ROI and, you know, if, if a lot of guys have, you know, customer activation, reactivation sure. campaigns, right? Okay, so uh, if I if I spend two hours calling, or one of my people spend two hours calling, and uh, I think about and I measure the amount of labor, fully loaded labor and benefits it takes, and any uh, incentives I might give them for setting an appointment, um, the and then the appointment, the the cancellation rate or the issue rate of that appointment and the uh, closed sale rate and the average sale, the, our very best leads are our old leads of people that have hired, hired us years ago. Yeah, Those are our very best leads. And um, our second very best leads are, this doesn't sound like marketing, does it? Not really. It's not getting yeah. fresh leads. Yeah, but it's mining the leads. I've been in business for I've been in business for almost twenty six years. We yeah. literally have you know like over fifty thousand clients. It's a gold mine. And whether you've got fifty thousand or fifty, this concept is true. Those people already trusted you, and they they uh, you know painting doesn't last forever. Did you paint every painted surface, interior and exterior of their home with with forever paint? <laughs> forever paint with a forever color guarantee that that you'll that the styles will never change. No, styles change, pets wear things out, sprinkler systems wear things out, things get scratched up. And so people have additional need. So why not call them later and say, hey, by the way, we're doing X, Y, Z, give them an offer or just stay in touch with them, right? And so our very best leads are those. Now, uh, our second best leads, our second best leads are still not the fresh leads that, that, that you provide. When are we going to get to the fresh leads? Okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about it because it's important. It's all important, right? Yeah. But we've got these areas of our business that are uh, ignored because they're that because they're 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 cloaked in this word called work. We're busy. Again, who who likes to make phone calls? Not many people. Some people, but most people don't want to pick up the phone. And by the way, the first door you knock on is the hardest one. The first phone call you make is the hardest one. After that, it's easy. You get in a groove, boom, 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 boom you're going. But when, when, uh, if one of our salespeople, we call them project consultants, we're not really there to sell something. We're there to evaluate. Anyways, that's another story. But, but when one of our project consultants, uh, goes out and they, uh, give a price, you know, they evaluate, Hey, yeah, we can do it. And they, they give a presentation, they give a price and they don't sell the project. The customer doesn't buy. Um, 
our very best leads are reissue calling those people that didn't buy and re-engaging with them and sending someone else back out there. And because here's what's happened again, it's the lead, the, the salesperson. No, no, those they're, they're, they're tire kickers. They're price shoppers. They're not interested all because that salesperson didn't sell it. Hmm. So a high percentage of the time, it's not that the customer wasn't ready. It's, or the prospect, if you will, at this point, it's that you didn't give them a reason to buy. You didn't build rapport. Maybe, maybe you didn't listen. Maybe you didn't, maybe they didn't like you because you were a male or a female or they didn't, you know, you were big and scary, whatever it was, or maybe it just was a bad time for them at that moment. They maybe they were having a bad day. Maybe you failed to build value. Maybe you failed to build trust. All of these little things. But if we can call them and get back in their home and they're going to give us another 90 minutes to meet with them or 60 to 90 minutes, wow, those have our second highest closing rate and our second highest net sale per lead issued. So let's just get that out of the way. Okay, that's, those are ignored. How long I, do you wait? What? I ignored those for a long, long time. Yeah. I did. I was in this game, man, I'm constantly out there. Oh, I'm new leads, fresh leads, fresh leads, fresh leads. And the only marketing my old customers got was being treated just like a fresh lead. And so we were constantly putting things in their mailbox and they saw us everywhere. Okay, so there was that branding, I guess, if you will, that went along with it. So they saw us all the time, but directly engaging them, we weren't, we weren't doing it for many, many years. And we do that now. And it's a great stream of revenue for our company. When you do that, you already paid for that lead. You already paid for that lead. You're just, you're, you're just recycling it and having another, you, I'm not a wrestling fan, but you, everybody knows the concept, tag team wrestling. You're in there, yep. you're getting beat and you reach over to the side, you tag your friend and he hops in in your place and takes over. That works because you know you, you can't click with everybody and maybe one of your teammates can maybe the manager can right and uh, a lot of times they get on the phone and the, uh, our call center agents will get on the phone with the homeowner and we'll get the real reason they didn't buy and it may be it may be about the price but if it's about the price if they, if they say it's about the price it's not really about the price it's about the value Sure. Now we're kind of getting over into the sales end of it. Okay. Yeah. But, but now, if we, now if we come back, now let's go to this fresh lead addiction. We just, we want to keep, you know, swiping and buying and feeding the hungry machine that, that wants to, uh, that wants to sit between us and our prospective client our future client or existing client. Let's call them Google home advisor, Angie's list. I mean, we're out there, you know, doing SEO. Well, guess what? They're doing SEO too. And, and they want to go get our leads and then charge us for them yeah. and sell them to umpteen people out there. Right. And, and uh, a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. They don't realize that. Right. <laughs> They're playing the same game so they can sell you the same lead. Exactly. So, uh, and, and, you know, maybe you can beat them at their game. Maybe you can't, but I would probably say they write the algorithm and they probably know Google's, how to Google's, Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they know what they're doing. Right. So I, I want to, Jason, I want to, I want to kind of lean it. So you're really big in systems, really big in processes. You have this dialed in. I, I always sidetrack you because I'm always, I always get sucked in by the stuff you're talking about. And you, I'm, I'm fascinated by this process that I'm sure you have of when a, a lead hasn't converted, right? So you've gone out, you provided the estimate, they haven't converted. And then you have a, a call center agent call them and figure out what the problem was. Or you have 
you know, somehow you try to schedule a second answer. How long do you wait, you know, before you kind of move forward with that? And then do you, well, let me, let me start. I, I got a few questions. How long do you wait? What's that kind of process look like? Uh, we typically wait about two days. Okay. So two days. And then you're going to follow up with them, basically say, Hey, you know, what's going on. And then if they're not ready to move forward, you're going to kind of try to figure out maybe so, why. So we expect our project consultant to follow up with them that evening. Okay. 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 And again, the next day, regardless of what they said, Oh, you checked back with me last week. Call. We'd like them to call and follow up with the text if they can't get them. Okay. And, um, uh, just, Hey, just thinking about you. Wanted to see if you had any questions or maybe we it. have an additional idea for them. We didn't think about it. just trying to create another touch point of value yeah. to them. Right. Awesome. And, uh, you know, we, we, we don't ever want to use the F word. I'm just, I'm just following up with you uh, to yeah. see if you made a decision. Just following up. Did you make a decision? I just want to know if I lost, you know, zero, zero value yeah. added. Yes. Yeah, it's like, Hey, I want to apply a little pressure yeah. on you right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, yeah, the, we, we wait a couple of days and we just give them a customer service call. That's all it is. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, it goes something like this. Um, hi, Brandon. Hey, Brandon, it's Jason with Phillips Home Improvements. I'm in the customer service department. I'm just following up. It looks like, uh, it looks like we had David out to meet with you on Monday about 5 p.m. to take a look at your exterior painting. And just want to make sure, was, was David on time? Great. He was. Was, uh, was, he, wearing, was he wearing his, his uh, company uniform? Yeah. Did he, did he, uh, was he courteous? Did he, did he answer all of your questions? How much time did he spend with you? Okay, great. And by this time, if David did a good job, we're getting all kinds of compliments on David. Mm. They're complimenting him left and right. Now they may say, no, he was late. Oh, well now we know he didn't sell it. Yeah, right. Okay. But so many times, yeah, he was great. He was great. He was great. Okay. Well, we, then we, you know, say, well, wow, that's awesome. Thank you so much for your feedback. Well, before I let you go, um, I, I don't show that you placed an order with us. Can I ask why? Now you're going to get the reason. Jason, this stuff is smooth, man. Okay. This stuff and, is good. And so they're, they're going to say, well, I really, really like you guys, but the, the price was too high. Oh, wow. Was well, this something you're still looking to do and still looking to do in the next you know, couple months? Yeah, really? Okay, wow. Well, that doesn't give us much time to earn your business. Can I make a suggestion, Brandon? Why don't, why don't, why don't you grab your calendar? Let me, let me, let me send AJ out. AJ's our, one of our field managers. If there's anybody here that can make sure that we gave you the very best price that we could, it would be him. Are you available tomorrow at 4 p.m.? Let's get AJ. So then we get AJ out there and he takes a look at it. And maybe we accidentally overscoped it. Or, or maybe there's no good reason that the other guy didn't close the deal. Maybe it was just something they didn't click. You can't click with everybody. You yeah. just can't click with everybody, no matter how good of a salesperson you are. And so... Uh, so often, you know, we, we, we gave them a you know, $8,000 proposal and AJ will come back with a $10,000 contract. Are you serious? I'm not kidding. Sometimes he comes back with a $7,000 contract. He sometimes, will sometimes quote more. Yeah. All and the time. Land it. All the time. Yeah. Wow. And, and often, you know, at the same time, sometimes they, he pairs the scope of work back for them. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So AJ is uh, an, AJ is an animal. Yeah. yeah. He is. <laughs> People like AJ, man. But, but, but here's the deal. AJ is following a system. Yeah. Everything is pre-planned, pre-thought the way we're going to, you know, I mean, look, you, you, you serve the country. Yeah. Right. They, you guys are taught to 
think about and you're trained on all these different options that could happen out on the battlefield. Yeah. You pre-plan what you're going to do, right? Why not pre-plan what we're going to do? You go out to a sales call and what are, you're going to hear the same things. Price is too high. Need to think on it. Need to talk to my spouse. I'm getting other estimates. Okay. Those are over and over and over. Why not have a plan for uh, dealing with those? And it's not like pressuring the customer. If you ever pressure the customer, if they feel rather not you pressure them, if they ever feel pressured, it's bad. Yeah. It's bad. But, but finding out, you know, why? Okay. How about if you build some trust and rapport with them, you can ask some questions. Like, Hey, I got to talk to my husband. Um, well, Hey, great. How about, Hey, I've got an idea. I'm here today. You're here. Could we have maybe get him on the phone? Yeah. Try that. Or, Hey, well, well, what time, what time does he normally come home? I, you know what? I'm going to be back in the area talking to Ms. Jones over here. And, uh, what, why don't, uh, why don't I circle back by about 7 PM? That way I can answer all y'all's questions all at once. Yeah. You know, just simple, simple things like that. When you you approach it from this consultative stance, right? So you're doing you're doing a consultative selling, relationship based selling, and you're coming at it from the needs of the homeowner, which is going to make them a lot more amenable to working with you because you're coming at it from a collaborative standpoint, right? That's why you don't call them estimate. You're not providing estimates. You're you know you're actually consulting with them and giving them the price of what you can do, right? Of what makes sense for the work. So you're you're kind of you're teaming up with them. You know, hey, I'm going to come give you an estimate and, and I'm going to push you to close the deal. I'm going to come explore the project and we're going to see what we can do. And if there's a fit here, we're going to kind of walk you through what, what our process is. Absolutely. That's exactly what we do. And your follow-up. So I don't think I've ever heard, of, like in any business, a follow-up like what you just did. So calling, they're not, they haven't paid you any money. They're not your customer, right? They're, they're a lead or an S, you know, a prospective customer at this point. And you're calling and basically doing a... You're almost like doing a, a quality control. You're, you're like, hey, well, hey, how was the experience? You only get that stuff afterwards. If you're lucky, it's the best companies. You know, they they service you, and the best ones, the few ones, will call. Hey, I, I just want to follow up, and you know, we, we installed that HVAC system. How'd it go? Was it on time? Are you, are you happy with the service? Basically, nobody even does that. You guys do it before you've even done well, anything. Well, look, those leads are the lifeblood of my company. They're the lifeblood of your company, of everybody's yeah. company, and they cost. They're precious. They are. They're they expensive. are precious and yeah. expensive. And they're like eggs in a basket. You don't drop it. And, and I want to know that my lead was handled well. And we have a process. Like if, if you're going to be late to your appointment, you're supposed to call the office and, and we may get someone else to run that lead who's closer. Or we may call the, we may call the homeowner and talk to them and tell them you run a few minutes behind whatever it is. Every now and then, that customer service calling, yeah, he was 15 minutes late. He was 20 minutes late. And we're like, oh, hey, did, let me see. Did he call? No, he never called in. Why didn't he follow the process? So now we have a conversation that's passed along to his manager. And then we have a conversation or the manager has a conversation about, hey, that's not. And it's like a labyrinth of systems. Yeah, you're, you're not going to mishandle my leads and keep getting my leads. Sure. That would be, that, that would be bad management. There's some great accountability there too. So. Yeah, well, like salespeople um, are awesome and and at what they do, but they they don't understand what it takes to get leads, unless unless they're those type of guys. And and some companies, salespeople have to bring their own leads. They all have to do canvassing. There are those guys out there. That's not typical for the painting industry. Yeah, and and so really, if if your your only control you have over salespeople is sitting them on the bench, not giving them a lead. 
you know what? I'm going to give that lead to this next guy. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds cold and it's not that, okay. But, but really we, they have to know, I need to follow the process. I need to value this lead because that lead is, that salesperson needs to understand that lead is their lifeblood. Yeah. So we're, we're doing this six, six episode series, right? It's the biggest series that the Pay Market Mastermind podcast has ever done. Now you got me. We're going to have a conversation about a potential. You want, you got me wanting to do this, some kind of, kind of role play thing. I feel like every time I dive in, I just realize I'm just scratching the surface of, of what you have going on. Your processes are pretty wild, man. Pretty unbelievable. Well, you know, when I built my initial processes for my company, they were built for me. And when I tried to hand them off to others, it was like this very complicated thing that people couldn't use and uh, couldn't fix. And uh, I had to simplify things. I really had to simplify things. And, I, and I, I've had a lot of help. Yeah. And I need, I need to be able to hand that process off. And, you know, painters like we know, hey, here's how we're gonna, here's how we're gonna schedule our projects. Here's how we're gonna prep them. All of those, th- how's we're gonna, you know, do a quality control, but systemizing the way your leads are handled, the way you get leads, is a because marketing is expensive. Now, I I made a commitment. I I studied marketing in high school. Okay, I'm a college dropout by the way, but I've always been attracted to marketing, and uh, so from day one in my company, I allotted uh, a budget to spend on marketing mm. on advertising from day one. And a lot of, a lot of guys don't do that. And therefore they don't develop some skills for marketing because you need a lot of that stuff. You're going to just learn by trial and error and wasting money. Yeah. And then you, you get to this point and you don't really like, you want me to take 10% of my revenue and spend it on trying to get leads that may not pan out. Like a, like a total mind, mindset yeah, that's shift. That's tough, there. right? Yeah. And maybe you, maybe it's going to be hard to give that money up. Maybe you maybe you need that money to pay bills because you moved into a bigger house. And maybe you haven't really built your company to run a certain way because you haven't been spending anything on marketing. So that's right. You got all kinds of sloppiness in your operations. That's right. And I mean, you, you know, hey, I, we got uh, last year, like 42% of our business was from people we'd already done business with or referrals. But... You can't count on that. I mean, people move away. You know, if you really, like you were just saying, like you were saying this morning, if you want to grow your business, you've got to invest in marketing. There's a reason why people invest in marketing. And how about this? You know, during the, during the, the quote recessions or the downturns, the first thing that companies stop spending money on is marketing. Okay. Well, here's, here's my thinking. I'm going to use this time to gobble up market share. When you get lazy, when you close the doors, Okay. And throw your hands up. I'm going to come in and I'm going to grab some market share. Yeah. Because that's when it's the cheapest to buy. It is. Yeah. I mean, all this stuff works on an auction process. You know, everyone pulls out, you investing into it, you gain that ground. It's almost like investing in the stock market. You don't want to be doing what everyone's doing and follow whatever. That's how you don't make any money. Right. That's why most painters don't make any money because they've been following everything <laughs> everybody's been doing. Follow the herd. Right? Yeah. That's right. But the herd's not doing that well. When you actually look at how the herd's doing, yeah. you know, they got the brush on their hand. They're not really making that much look, money. You, you go you go talk to some other industries and the, the painters uh, typically are in a sad state. And I, I, that hurts me to say that yeah. because, you know, the, the painting business is not painting itself because I don't have, I, I'm not a painter. I've never painted, but that painting business 
is my business. But I also, I do, I do some other things in addition to painting, right? So I'm exposed to a lot of other uh, industries that, that operate on yeah. a much more sophisticated level. And so I want to see, and I'm so excited about what the PCA is doing and, and leveling up the skills and the expertise and the professionalism of the painting industry. And I, that's something that when I, that was one of the things I set out to do when I started my business was to, was to, uh, raise the bar in my little part of the world for that. So, yeah. Well, you're definitely doing your part. I know that this expo, a lot, a lot of people want to come to expo who for whatever reason can't right they can or they don't or it doesn't work out whatever happens and i know at this expo you've been making a very concerted effort to do live videos to do feedback on the day session and essentially broadcasting some of the value out to people who couldn't be here so i think that is that's an amazing thing and i see a lot of people responding to that online so i think you're you're, you're obviously being a great ambassador for the pca well man i just i, I feel the pain i felt yeah. the pain and i i want I want to see others. Uh, you know, why does everybody have to start digging themselves out of the out of the quicksand? Why can't they start on solid ground? Yeah. Why can't they stand on you know my shoulders or the shoulders of other people and even retire? That's that's what I really want because uh, my goal in life is not to run a business. My goal my goal in life is to raise leaders, is to build leaders and lead and empower and inspire people to be leaders. And especially painting contractors, because that's where that's where I came from, and to and to see them become leaders in their business, leaders of their teams, leaders in their families, and uh, accomplish more than they've accomplished before. Yeah, yeah. Your uh, your talk today was very very impactful, very impactful. So one of the um, one of the things I like that you mentioned is is you kind of you're you're not just in painting, right? You're primarily painting, but you see these other home service industries plumbing, HVAC, roofing, a lot of times they are a bit farther ahead in terms of the marketing, in terms of the mindset. I mean, would you recommend that maybe some painting company owners kind of look to some of these industries? I mean, maybe even attend a trade show. What's your thought on something like that? I mean, you, you could, you could definitely, you could definitely do that. You know, I, I feel like, um, we, everybody needs to be, uh, a student and a teacher a follower and a leader. And so it's great to look, look at leaders within our industry, but let's look at maybe other, other home service providers that are, that are outside of painting and yeah. what's going on in their realm. They're the same customer. What do they do? And, you know, at the end of the day, the, the, uh, we have in our market, these, these magazines, um, we call them coupon books. And maybe they have, they have deals for pizza and they have deals for garage doors and yeah. just kind of maybe like Valpac, which is Valpac nicer. Thing, yep. Okay. Yep. And uh, I'm not competing against the other painters necessarily in there. I'm competing against every single person, every single, every single ad in there that's wanting the dollars that, that, that what I, what I call my homeowners yeah. have to spend. It's a substitute. The, the, the remodelers, okay, the patio, the outdoor kitchen, the pool, the window screens, the, the, the stamped concrete, those are all my competitors. Yeah. And if, if, if they're better at marketing than we are, they're gonna get more of the work. That's just true. Yeah. Because, you know, people, they, they're like, they get the itch. Hey, we need to, uh, I mean, I want to do something. I want to, I want to, I want to renew the home or, or whatever it is. Now, granted, if they got peeling paint, rotten wood, whatever, they know specifically they need painting. Sure. But so many times people just want to refresh and renew their home and bring new life to it. And now they're looking, there's window shopping for everything that they could spend money on.
Jason, you blow my mind, man. You say things that people don't say. You know, people don't think that they're competing against other industries, but you are. They're not going to go probably do all these things at the same time. Probably going to be quite a few years between these different things. So yeah, the uh, the itch. One of the things I really like that you're doing, and I kind of I keep learning more and more as we have these podcast interviews, and and you kind of I feel like you almost don't even know how good they are sometimes because you say it, and then I'm like, what? Well, what do you mean it got porched? What does that mean? And then we we go down this 15 minute rabbit hole. I'm like, Jason, I've done like 55 interviews, never have it has has anyone said anything like this. But you have a very fundamental understanding of the psychology of people, right? And I know you're you're a, a behavioral. What is the title? A human behavior consultant. Yeah. Okay. A human behavior. Con- so you're actually like a registered black belt in this stuff. But you, <laughs> when you're doing this stuff, I mean, from a from a guy who is in marketing and sales, it's. I think if you don't have some fundamental understanding of marketing and sales, you don't really. You kind of can't see beneath the surface of what you're doing. Right. Like the stuff you're doing is is magic. How you're approaching it is very impressive. And I think you you kind of like, hey, you need to understand this stuff because the framework. The, the human psychology, the way that people need to be treated, that doesn't change. Maybe TikTok comes, maybe whoever, whatever comes, you know, maybe things PPC costs raise, right? but how people, people don't really change. So let, you know, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. That's, you're right. Uh, one of the basics in marketing is, is, is the ADA framework, A-I-D-A. And, and A stands for attention. So let's just say, take for instance, because I know, I know a lot of painters do Valpac. Okay. Um, you, let's just, okay. In that rare case, when the, when the homeowner actually opens the Valpac, okay. And they're quickly flipping through all of those pieces, those pages. The first thing your ad needs to do is just simply make them stop. Stop the scroll, stop the flip. And it's the same thing on yep. social media, the scroll. It's gotta be a scroll stopper, a page flipper. If you do home shows, their feet need to stop walking. You need to get their attention. Okay, so that's the first thing. Your ad needs to just simply get someone's attention. And uh, a lot of ads are terrible at that. And, you know, and I'm not saying we're the best at it either. Okay, but I know that that's what we need to do is I need to grab their attention. Because you think most ads are just a little too boring. Well, so many times... Um, graphic designers, God bless them. They want to make a pretty ad. Okay. I want to make an ad that's different because no matter how pretty it is, if it's all the same, it's going to become white noise when you're flipping through or when you're scrolling. Yeah. And it needs to be different. I want to, I want to quickly. So I met Brandon Lewis. Actually, I never met him. Oh, Brandon's a great guy, man. He's got some good stuff going. Yeah. So I, I met him, talked with him for a bit at this expo. He had included... You see that envelope that he included in the swag bag. So the PCI Expo swag, there was a, it was like a yellow envelope. It said in red, open immediately. I thought it's from the PCA. I thought, man, there's probably some secret event or, you know, like if I don't open this, I'm not, I'm going to mess this expo up. Opened it. You know, it's about his program. I was like, that was really, really good. That nailed that A. So, okay. So what, what he, what he did is something was was different. He cued in on something because you thought it was an authority. It, I thought okay. it, it said so, open immediately. I have to open. I'm going to give you guys a, a, a golden nugget resource, a bucket of gold here. If you have, if you want, if you want to learn about marketing and sales, go get this book called Influence: The Psychology of Persuasion by Dr. Robert Cialdini. Okay, it is amazing. 
and I've read it so many times. And uh, I'm not going to go into what all that book is about. Just read that book yeah, once yeah. and then hit me up on hit me up on Facebook and chat with me about it. Okay. It's it's amazing. I love it. Yeah, he's uh that was very impressive. So you got AIDA. So A is attention. What is I? Interest. Interest. So oh yeah. Something interesting. And what we tend to put on our ads is our company name. Us, us, me, me. It's me. all about you, right? Yeah. That's what they care about. Yeah. It's just about you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, which I think, I think brand, I think, I think having a consistent brand is vital. I hope you're not spending any money on branding in this business, by the way. Not Brandon, branding. <laughs> okay. I hope you're not spending money with this guy. <laughs> Don't spend money. With okay. But, but uh, branding in, in our business should come through uh, direct response marketing. You, they see it again and again and again, and they're just and your brand is is building in. So, so they they've got to be drawn into your ad. Maybe that's through words. Maybe that's through through photos. Okay, online. Maybe it's through video. Right. Um, and then so oh, and then that next thought they need to have that the so it's A for attention, mm -hmm. I for interest, D for desire. Oh, I want that. Mm -hmm. They've got want want what's in that ad. So you got to. They might want it, but if you can't get them to stop and look at your ad, they're never going to even know it exists. They're just going to keep flipping, right? So the first thing is stop flipping, or get them to stop flipping. And now at the same time, your ad needs to kind of deliver on the promise. Ads ads advertisements that don't deliver on the promise, they get your attention, uh, but don't deliver what you expected are called clickbait. We all know what clickbait yep. is, right? So, so then the last piece is action. So they're like, oh, I want that. Honey, let's budget this for next year. Let's put this in the drawer. Let's bookmark this. Let's email this link to ourselves. Okay. Action. And you need to give them a reason why they need to call now instead of waiting. And so let's, let's be real. In our business with what we do, is there ever going to be a cheaper time when it costs less for them to paint their house? I mean, is Sherwin-Williams lowering prices year over year? Is labor prices going down year over year? Not the, and, not the and past the, couple of years. And is the condition of their home getting any better year over year? It's not. Yeah. So give them a reason. It, it's going to cause most 90% of the time, it's going to cost them more money to wait. Yeah. Because the, the expenses of us delivering goes up, increases, in addition to inflation, and the condition of their home, the, the paint peels more, it oxidizes more, it, the wood rots more, all of that stuff gets worse. So that gap gets more and more. We need to give people a reason. It's, it, I liken this to taking care of your teeth. You can, you can go to the dentist and have all those little things taken care of. Matter of fact, even if you've got a cavity, if it's just a little shallow cavity, it doesn't even hardly hurt to get it fixed. But once you wait and you need a root canal, ain't nobody enjoy that. No. Yeah. Okay. So that's why dentists are constantly pushing you to, you know, to get back in there. Right. Yeah. So w w it's the same thing with, with your home. Again, we love, I mean, Hey, guys that do root canals. I mean, those are big tickets for them. 
we'd love to come in and replace all your siding because it didn't take care of it. And it's rotting. It's costing a lot of money, but you know, there's, I would rather help you maintain your house yep. as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So this AIDA framework, I know I just kind of want to lay out how it works with a Facebook ad. And then I want to, I want to really dive into, I guess, how you do it, you know, with, with uh, like a Valpac type pack. I know you're not using Valpac, but the Facebook ad, you know, the attention is, is the creative, right? Whether it's the, the image, video, whatever you're using, something's got to, you know, we have very short attention span when we're scrolling. It's kind of absurd, actually. But you got to stop, right? Got to get that, that trigger happy thumb to stop. And then the interest is the headline. So some, some headlines got to be, whether it's creative, whatever, it's got to, it's got to interest them enough to now start reading a lot of effort, a lot of effort when you just want to keep scrolling to actually start reading text. Right. Right. Then the, right. the text has got to speak to a pain, desire, whatever, right. Create that uh, desire. Um, and then the action is on Facebook. A lot of companies will do it through some, you know, which sometimes is artificial, but a 15%, 15% this month or whatever right. it is, right? So some, or maybe you sell on value. Maybe it's, hey, book a, book a full interior and we'll do X, Y, or Z in addition or free touch-ups for life or whatever you're doing. Um, how do you guys approach that with print? Okay, so what I like to do, what I've, what I've done for 25 years, I don't actually personally do this much anymore, but flip... I, you know, here's a magazine, a publication. I want to see several issues. I want to flip through. I want to feel it. I want to see what types of ads are in there. What Before types you're going to touch it. If possible. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. if possible. Flip through there and see uh, what what other companies are in there. Of course, I, of course, I want to know the demographics, the distribution. Sure. I want to know all that stuff, right? The, the cost per thousand, all that. But look at what types of ads are in there and... I maybe all those ads are beautifully creative ads, but I don't want my ad to blend in with theirs. Mm. And if I just let their graphic designer do that, they're just going to make an ad that blends in with everybody else's. I, some, a lot of ads are, are, are too busy. There's a, there's a, a term in, in uh, marketing and, and, and creating ad copy called white space. And some, some, let's just take, for instance, uh, one that sticks out in my mind is the company, um, ADT that does alarms. They're yep. pretty much a national company, right? Yep. Sometimes their ad literally would be nothing but a white page with a picture of a, an alarm keypad right in the middle of the page. That's awesome. So simple, so simple. And then some, some contact info at the bottom, yeah. right? Or maybe, maybe, uh, that would, that's a stopper because you get all these busy ads with photos. We're, and we're so used and to just being and crushed Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's this clean page and it's just boom. It's kind of refreshing. I mean, there's a reason why, why uh, uh, Apple and Google and Facebook have very simple logos with very simple colors. And it's, it's simple to remember, but that same concept. Now at the same time, if you had all of these ads, that were just like that ADT ad, just simple with tons of white space. Well, if they're zigging, you should probably zag. Yeah. And that's what we want to do is we want to, when we do marketing or not just marketing anything, we want to play with the big boys. What are the big boys doing? Let's go copy the big boys here. Well, then you're just going to blend in. I don't want to blend in. I want to stand out. Yeah. And, it's, and it can be risky. It can be a complete failure flop, but so you you have to take risks with your marketing. You know, once you get your marketing dialed in, you should have a certain percentage of your budget. You know, for us, it's about 15% of money that we're always playing with. 
That's 15% of your revenue. Uh, no, no, of our marketing budget. Oh, I was like, that is a lot of money no. to be just playing okay. with, Jason. Okay, but but we're playing some some stuff we lock in for a year. Yeah. Okay, and other things, we, we are constantly um, looking at our lead source performance report and seeing, you know, what leads are coming in, how many of those are we getting set to appointments, how many of those appointments are actually uh, uh, getting issued to a salesperson, they don't cancel, right mm. right away how many of those we actually get to meet with the customer or the prospect how many of those we actually give them a price and then how many of them we sell and how much we sell so we have this whole funnel and we may, we can measure that very easily by by um type you know whether it's you know pay-per-click whether it's print magazines whether it's you know business directories whatever it is or i can dr drill down to okay facebook and or you know google or in some people's case valpac mm. and of course uh, when you're dealing with offline marketing, it's uh, uh, lead attribution to its source to knowing what dollars generated that lead on offline marketing is not super easy. Yeah. Okay. That's, that is the beauty of digital. You know, you know very quickly that it's working. You can very quickly modify it, which most people don't. They just set it and forget it. And again, let that, let that automatic payment just keep coming out, <laughs> let it coming out, right? Yeah. Just sucking all your profits away. But but, and hey, by the way, I mean, that's what a lot of SEO and digital marketing companies do. They don't really yeah. manage your campaign. They spend like, they spend like 30 it. minutes making an executive overview report to you to, to present to you on Zoom or something to show yeah. you that they're doing their job and they're going to just say, oh, yeah, well, it's tight. I mean, you, you know, you need, just need to up your budget. Need to up your budget. It's always you got to up your budget. That's always it's the answer. always the right? answer. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like the material vendors. Buy more paint. Yeah. Buy more paint. We'll solve it all. That's in their best interest. Yeah. So... Anyways, it's yeah. So let's let's get into. I know before we started this, we we're kind of talking about the the different types of lead source, the quality. I know you you kind of um, are of the mindset, and I am in complete agreement that people don't necessarily want to want to put in the effort to really learn and own their marketing. You showed me a a picture, a, a meme of a, a line, a line going for uh, hey buy leads. And that line is is just stacked and yeah, then so learn marketing or nobody there. It's it's like you're at the DMV trying yeah. to renew your driver's license. So picture you're you're there's this counter and there's in a glass window and there's two lines, right? And uh and my friend Tony posted this and he's got one long line and the sign above the above the window, like it's like the ticket booth, you know, says says buy leads. And then the other line is basically empty with the sign above the window that says learn to generate leads. And so it just, it's, it's so, it's so true. We it's, all just want the immediate, you know, don't put in the work to actually learn it, own it. We just, oh, we just want the result, right? That's away. right. And, and okay, but let's, but let's be real. Okay. Marketing is, uh, uh, can be very complex. It can be daunting. It can be scary. It's a bit tough. It, it really can. Yeah. And, but you don't have to be an expert in everything in marketing. I, I think you should, I recommend a well-rounded marketing program. That doesn't mean you have to do everything. But you should at least have several channels going, you know, and of course, all your free channels, you know, your your Google business profile, your Facebook, your website, not, not necessarily totally free, but but uh, and and have your vehicles branded, your yard signs, those that's just like base level stuff. Make that yeah. make that stuff great. Mm -hmm. OK, make that stuff great. But but. Hire someone that you can trust mm -hmm. that will that will show you an ROI. Yep. And um, you know, there's, I, I'm constantly under a barrage of, 
of, you know, Hey, we, you know, digital marketing people contacting me, or we can, you know, we can do leads or we'll, we'll just pay for the leads, whatever it is, you know? And, uh, I'm at the, I'm at the point, quite frankly, I just tell them like, look, okay. You tell you, why don't you just give me 10 leads? If you think your leads are that good, give me 10 leads and I will follow up on them with my best in class system. And if your leads are pretty good, I'll sign up with you and we'll go. And if they're that good, I'll keep spending because trust me, I can hire and train more salespeople. Did people take you up on it? So every now and then. Did they? But most it of hasn't time, worked out. But though. most of the time, most of the time they won't. Yeah. They're like, oh no, I can't, I can't do that. Okay, thank you. Click. X, Y, Z. Well, at least you give them the chance to do that, man. So, and you know, we, we've got, for instance, you know, a, a lot of print magazines. I don't want to pay in print. If you're just buying, you know, print, it's just like buying impressions. Impressions are worthless. They're worthless. Okay. Don't, please don't ever pay for impressions. And, and, uh, we have some, uh, people back home. We actually, uh, it's better than paying for impressions in print. We pay them for the phone calls we get. Okay. So some, sometimes some people we pay uh, for only leads that come through phone calls. So we can, well, this was a telemarketer. We can cancel that one out. But some of them, the, the lead price, if the call price is low enough, we'll just pay them for everything and, and, and work it. But that's better than paying for impressions. Yep. Now, what's even better is you can get someone to actually uh, just uh, pay for performance where, hey, if I sell it, I'm going to give you a percentage of it. Right. But that that takes a, a deeper level of trust that they need to trust you as well. And then the upside for them needs to be really high because they really do need to make an investment to try to generate leads for you, whether it's yeah. print or digital or whatever. It's a bit of a partnership. At but, that point. but it sure is it's like a commission. It sure is a yeah. lot easier to share a, a larger proportion of that when you're only sharing it when it's working. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. So I know one of the things that, that you're um, passionate about, I'm certainly passionate about it is the follow-up, right? Not using the, the F word, but when leads come in, I know a lot of times uh, painting company owners don't always really handle that lead in the best way, right? What are your thoughts on, on kind of the best way? Again, I know you've walked through your process, but let's say you actually haven't gotten to the point where you've set an estimate yet, but a lead has come through. What do you do? You know, do you call them and then they don't answer? And then you at your lunch break or maybe at the end of the day or tomorrow, you'll try them again. They don't answer. Man, that was a bum lead. That lead sucked. Well, you, you need to look at that process. You need to analyze that process. Who Who is actually following up on those leads? Is it you, mm -hmm. the business owner? Is it is it your, your office admin? Is it maybe it's your spouse? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But uh, depending on the size of your company, you need to have someone dedicated to following up on those leads. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you, uh, my call center, we uh, me, my first goal is that all leads push directly into my CRM. Mm -hmm. And when they push directly into my CRM, they also push into another system that immediately sends a text message. And if they don't engage with that text message, then it'll send them an email. So you've got automation set. Oh yes, yeah. absolutely. And at the same time, it also goes into our system where our outbound, we're outbound calling them. Manual well. touch points. So we're trying to get them, via, however they want to respond, text, email, phone call. We're after mm. it. Okay. Think, think about, think about things like, you know, Angie's list. They're, they're giving that lead to like five guys, whatever it is, <laughs> you know, and, and, okay. And, 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 and guess what? I'm going to tell you this, as far as lead aggregators, Angie's one of the better ones. Yeah. Okay. There's ones that are far worse. We spend a lot of money with Angie's list and our, our lead to set rate 
is our, our, our set rate versus those leads. I say set, set appointments. Yep. Okay. Is, is uh, pretty low. Like if someone just, you know, goes to our website and fills out our, our form, our set rate is almost a hundred percent on those. Right. But on these, uh, uh, lead aggregator leads that, uh, it's, it's like hovers between 25 and 35%. Mm-hmm. And that is with our best in class system back in the day. It was, it was like, you know, 12, 13%. Yeah. And, uh, sometimes you're paying for those leads. Sometimes you're just paying per month. But at the end of the day, if you're making all those phone calls, you're paying people to try to set those appointments. But one of the things that it does is it puts you in an environment where uh, you have to perform. Speed to lead is vital. People don't understand that. You know, as contractors all the time. Well, when a, you know, when a lead comes in, how quick are you getting back with them? How what percentage of time do they go to voicemail? They don't know. You know, you can easily these days have a VoIP phone system that will tell you the percentage of time that emails or that, that sorry, that that phone calls go to voicemail and aren't answered. And if if your phone isn't answered at least 90 percent of the time, you've got work to do. Yeah. Your own phone really should be answered probably 95 percent of the time. And uh, you know, if you're doing if you're doing local local uh, local search ads, local service ads, yep. LSAs, mm-hmm. you know, you get that report. Here's how many phone calls you got. Here's how many were answered. And here's how many weren't. Yeah. And pay attention to that stuff because you're paying for those. And, and if you're not, if you're not responding to that, I'm pointing to my iPad, my quote, my, you know, my web browser here or my email that, that, that report, I'm looking at it I'm on my screen, not really looking at it, but thinking about looking at it here, you need to pay attention to that. So, well, normally, so the answer is, you know, how, how often do you get back or how quickly do you get back? Well, you know, we, we try to get back with them, you know, before the end of the day. Okay. Before the end of the day, what do you think the next guy's doing? That's out there. The hungry, the hungry painter on the ladder that doesn't have work tomorrow. What do you think he's doing with that lead? He's got it going directly to his cell phone and he's going to stop whatever he's doing and answer that call. And he's going to go right over there right then and give them a price and sell that job. And you don't even get to meet with them. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. And then it was a quote unquote bad lead. Mm-hmm. It was a bad lead. So it's, it's, uh, if you can get good at following up on these lead aggregator leads, then you can, then, then you're going to be so much better with all of your other leads. Yeah. So, you know, we measure speed to lead and I'm telling you, your response rate on these, you need to be contacting these within minutes yep. not hours, minutes. It's, it's gotta uh, be that quick. Yeah. You, you, there's some insane statistic. It, it's something like if, if you are back in touch with the lead within five minutes, you are 21 times more yeah. likely to close it than, if, than past 15 minutes. It's just, yeah. it's absurd. The there's, there's a, there's a CRM called market sharp that um every year uh the the owner would publish the, t- the statistics from the system of of what the the set rates were based on the response time of the leads and literally the 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 company that responded within a minute was 70% more likely to get that appointment than the company who responded 4 minutes later wow. so a total of 5 minutes yeah. Think about that. And, and there's so many statistics that go with that. Most people, you know, once they get two or three appointments, they're like, okay, we're good. We, we got, we not, we got enough appointments. We don't need any more appointments. So now I'm not going to answer your call. 
Because I already got three appointments. People are coming out. And I want to meet with more than that. Just end up in this vicious cycle. And I need yeah. leads all of a sudden. So you got to, it's go a race, man. It's a yeah. race. You've got to beat them to that. Yeah. You've got to beat them to it. And you got to have automations. If, the, if they're coming through Facebook or there's an email or there's a web chat or whatever, you are not going to get there within 60 seconds if you haven't automated it. Not consistently. That's right. Because, you know, we have uh, uh, in our call center, we are, they may already be on a phone call. And that phone call, if they're setting an appointment, takes up to five or six minutes. It's not okay to wait five or six minutes for us to call them back. Yeah. So that's why I have an automated system, you know, kind yeah. of helping us out. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, with the phone, obviously answer the phone, but any other channel they come through, you got to hit them within 60 seconds too. One of the things I do want to point out, and I'm sure you're on top of this, but it's amazing how many, um, I, I guess, nightmare scenarios we've encountered. Because we we use tracking numbers, right? With every every company where we're tracking all this data. And and a lot of call centers are not good. A lot of call centers are somewhat horrific, honestly. And we listen to them. And it's hey, you know, like 70% of your calls aren't being answered, right? Or do you know, like, hey, it, it, it takes on average 36 seconds for them to pick up the phone. And when they do, they're actually pretty rude. Do you want to listen to some of these recordings? If you're using a call center, you should be listening to your recordings. You better check it because odds are it's not great. Well, I can tell you what I speak for me. Just this is for me. I'm not going to outsource my call center. Yeah, I spend a lot of money on marketing. I want someone representing my company that knows my geography, that has the uh, that sounds like they're from my area. Again, some people outsource their call center, especially maybe for after hours stuff or whatever. Mm -hmm. I get that, but as you can try to get that in house. But like you said. They need to be, they, here's the deal. Call center people are salespeople. They are selling an appointment, not for money, but they're selling that client, that prospect that is worth waiting for you to get there. It's the value to meet with you for them. Yeah. And, but the, the reality is we act like we're a government order taker or customer service line from the the cable company. Yeah, that's how we handle cable our company inbound, might be fitting. Our, our inbound calls, right? Yeah. And uh, it's just it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. Yeah, doing the, that. The, of all the call centers I've listened to, the one I was actually most impressed with was was an Indian call center out of India. There was, she had a faint accent, but she was super respectful, super professional. The ones that, I mean, quite frankly, the domestic ones, I don't think I've ever heard one that was great. Mm. It's almost like they're being inconvenienced. You know, like it's probably the way the compensation model works, whatever it is, it's it's, it's a it's an inconvenience for them yeah. to answer. Half the time, they don't seem like they know what company they're answering for. Kind of seems like they're scrambling to figure out the the name of the company. They're like, this is horrific. I experienced that way back in the day. I get bit by it and yeah. not anymore. Yeah, invest these leads. Like you said, these leads are expensive. Well, plus I've had in my call center, you know, I have, uh, we do outbound calling, like I was saying earlier, yeah. we're calling. And so we've got metrics on our board and I'm like, Hey, if it's, you know, if it's, if, if we need, you know, 20 appointments by today, by, you know, by noon, I better have 10 of those on the board. What's yeah. the problem? Why don't we have 10 yet? So we're tracking that cadence. So, so yeah, so we can, we can adjust and tune up. I can hear what they're saying if I need to anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, I guess, kind of, obviously there are a lot of things that painting company owners are sort of struggling with, right? So the automations um, haven't really been fully embraced like they have maybe in some other industries. Uh, kind of, I guess, being neglectful might be an okay word, neglectful of leads, 
um, of the resource that they currently have. Are there any other, uh, I guess, industry-wide, not, not that it's applicable to everybody, but just generally industry-wide issues that you're seeing that, that as a whole, painting companies need to really step up or change how they're thinking oh, about their marketing? Oh, my goodness. Oh, marketing in particular. Okay. Mar mar market <laughs> marketing or sales. Well, I mean, so, we, if we could, you know, go all day probably. Pricing models on the sales end, the whole way, the, the, the sales, most guys don't have a sales methodology. They mm -hmm. have estimators. And again, in, in commercial, I understand and I believe the word estimator is, is appropriate. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's appropriate. And again, that's just my personal, uh, that's my personal stance on it. You, every, I love it, man. The project, but, I brought it up in my, in my presentation, the project consultants. But, you know, if, you know, there was some conversation uh, yesterday in one of the sessions about about setting appointments and, and qualifying leads. Okay. And, uh, if, if you're at the point where you've got so many leads that you can't service them all, you know, let's just say you have in a given time frame 150 people that want a price from you and you only have time to serve, uh, to, to meet with a hundred of them. You, you better make sure that you meet with the best hundred of the 150. So yeah. you do need to, you do need to evaluate those and kind of give them a grade and, and meet with the best ones that you can. Yeah. But in reality, you had 150 people that are interested in doing business with you. So the real underlying problem is a sales capacity issue. Mm -hmm. That's the real problem. And, uh, we should always have sales capacity if we're building good systems. I don't want to be the guy sitting there filtering through leads all day to get the few that are going to sell. That's just, that's short, that that's short-sighted. I get it. You, you may be in that spot as a company right now where you have too many leads. Well, stop spending so much on marketing. Stop wasting extra money on marketing right mm -hmm. now. Save that money and spend it somewhere else. Maybe hire someone to, to, uh, to sell. Yeah. Use some of that money to hire a salesperson and then just start meeting with more of those people. Right. They're probably buying from someone you know, let's just say in industry-wide averages, a third of the people may buy from you, a third are going to buy from someone else, and a third are not going to buy now. And you know, there could be a little bit, depending on what market you're in, there could be some DIY in there. Sure. But but I, I uh, my call center's job is to get our project consultants face-to-face -face with a homeowner, hopefully all the, all the parties, if possible, when possible, that uh, that have a want or a need, and then it's my salesperson's job to to build value, trust, expose need, uncover the wants and the desires, the whys of the project, and face to face. That's yeah. their job, not the call center's job. Jason, man, so this is uh, I think we're coming up somewhere around an hour now. Um, I want to I want to ask if you have anything else that you want to add. I know we have the Sharon Williams event coming up. I'm keeping you from it. Don't want to keep you from it. Uh, but I do, I love this. I love doing it in person, man. I'm going to, oh, yeah. I'm going to fly one day to your podcast studio just so I can be in the same studio. And cause I want, I want that background. Oh, man, I want let's that do background it. one day. Man. Let's do it. I want it. But do you have anything else, you know, with this episode, we got two more coming up. Super excited about it. anything else you want to share? You know, look, you can't do everything all at once, but what can you do? <clears throat> Three little things. Do something to reach out to people that you have done business with in the past and create some new opportunities there. Just call them. You can email them. How about call them? Uh, text them. Phone call's great. You can, you can send them postcards. There's just a myriad of ways. 
Make a system that you constantly follow up with those people. Don't just do it because you need leads today. Systemize it yeah. and hand it off to someone so that you're always, always uh, uh, re-engaging mm -hmm. those people, okay? The, the, the leads that you gave a price to that didn't sell. Have someone else, maybe it's your spouse, if you're the one selling, sure. have your spouse do a customer service call, figure out what's going on. Why aren't they buying from you? Okay. Maybe they can even get you back in there. And then figure out the squabble when your spouse outsells you every time. Oh, there you, that's, that's <laughs> you work that out, right? And, and, and the next one is, you know, just spend money on marketing, but spend someone who really work with someone like you, Brandon, that really cares about making your company successful and not just taking your money. Yeah. And I feel like there's, you know, there's, there's, I feel like there's good companies in this space and, and you, and there, I mean, look, there's, there's some additional guys out there, right? Are there, that, that in are this there space. Just, <laughs> just but, kidding. Man. But look, there's, there's a lot of marketing. Your business owners are, are, have a barrage of oh, marketers. Yeah. I get, I get okay. it. Yeah. I get it. And constantly, and you need to pick someone who has a vested interest yeah. in our space. Okay. Whether it's you or one of the other companies, yeah. they don't want painters unhappy with them. No. Okay. This is a tight community. It's a tight it's community. It's a tight community. Okay. Word so, would get out so very quickly. Spend your marketing dollars with people who have a vested interest in the marketing community. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's, and that's a smart way to think about it too. Whether it's uh, Painter Marketing Pros, whether it's one of the other industry partners of the Painting Contractors Association, this is a small community. That's right. right. So if you partner with, with one of the, the industry partners that's active in the community, that's a that's a, a big risk, right? If if I were to go screw uh, a PCA member over, that's going to really come back really badly for painter marketing pros. So keep that in mind, regardless of who you're looking at, what is the vested interest in there? What's the risk? What's the downside if they just take your money and run? That's right. Which is what you know, everyone thinks is going to happen. And I don't think that's going to happen to anybody that's at this event. Yeah. I mean, I mean any like you're you're not yeah. going to you're not going to do other, that. Other companies here too. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, the companies that come year in year out. They have a vested interest in treating people right here. Exactly. Yeah. Totally agree. Jason, brother, I love it, man. Thank Me you too. for your thank you for your time. Thank you for your shirt. I love your shirt. <laughs> your shoes. Well, I can't yeah. paint, so I got to wear a you know it's a little color. But, yeah. But thank you for having I, me today. Thank you, brother. It's always a pleasure, man. Paynet Podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.